An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. I give you Super Train! Episode 454, submission number 691, Cleghorn! I have to shout it because it has an exclamation point. We've never shouted the exclamation point on any other show we've done. We didn't say, Phew! Or, Jeopardy! 1978. So, you're going in uncharted territory by emphasizing oh, am, the exclamation point. Yeah, you're definitely going in uncharted territory. Okay. All right. Cleghorn aired on the WB from September 10th to December 17th, 1995 for 12 episodes. It was 15, but three went unaired. Now, you know, Chico, if the television audience was as enthusiastic for this show as you were telling us the title of the show, we would currently be celebrating its 29th year on television. Just saying. But yeah, the 12 episodes, that is three quarters of a crock block. Are you just ignoring my comment about the enthusiasm that you put in the in the, the name of the show? And if viewers match that enthusiasm, that this would still be on the air? No, it wouldn't be on the air because Nexstar would have canceled it as soon as they bought the CW. <laughs> Gentlemen, before Sashir Zameda, before Ego Nwodin, before Leslie Jones, but after Denitra Vanson of Von Hudson, there was Ellen Cleghorn. Ellen was the first African-American female to star on Saturday Night Live for more than a season. Remember, she was a featured player to begin with, but then she joined the troupe proper and stayed there until 1995, because Saturday Night Live's 20th season. That is a future entry, by the way. She had notable roles on the show, like Queen Shaniqua, Zoraida the Page, Anita Hill, and Jack A. Harry. But with the great exodus of 1995, Ellen sought to branch out in a new direction with a vehicle for her comedic talent. And it could not have come at a better time if you think about it. Mid-1990s. We have the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on NBC. We have Family Matters on ABC. We have damn near half of the Fox lineup. We have UPN. Demand for the urban audience was at an all-time high. The WB already had successes 
relatively speaking, with the Wayans brothers and the Parenthood on Wednesday night. Those two just fit together. And with the network picking up Sister Sister from ABC, it looked like it was poised to find more success. Can I just say the Wayne's Brothers had the greatest theme song of all time? Well, I think he's made that declaration in the past. I won't sing it, but you know. It's playing in my head right now. Wayne's Brothers and the Parenthood with Robert Townsend, of course. With the network picking up Sister Sister from ABC, putting it on Sunday nights after Pinky and the Brain, opposite 60 Minutes and America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, that was a smart idea. Good job. But it looked like it was poised to find more success, but did it? We're going to talk about that right after we talk about the cast. Now, before this show, Ellen already made history as the longest-serving African-American female troop member on SNL to that point. I think Yvonne Hudson was on for, like, half a season, and then she just disappeared. And, of course, Denitra Vance lasted the uh, 1985-86 season and was gone without a trace. Although she did blaze a trail for women of color and also LGBT women of color. And also, if you want to refer back to that episode, we did do it back in Marvel Month in 2022. Because Robert Downey Jr. Of course. With this sitcom, where she played Ellen Carlson, a single mom with a pair of overbearing parents, a lazy sister, a sassy preteen daughter, and an ex-husband who's nothing short of strange... And the business partner, also nothing short of strange, she would be the first African-American SNL alumna to headline her very own sitcom. Granted, she did not create this sitcom, nor did she write for it. This was created by Steve Papoon, David Silverman, and Stephen Susteric. Steve Papoon, I believe he did the Uncle Buck TV show. With Kevin Meany back in the day. He also did The Simpsons, Alf, Get a Life, and was co-creator of The Wild Thornberries. David Silverman, he did Family Guy. And Steven Sestarsik wrote for Shaolin Chronicles, The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and Lucky, unfortunately, is no longer with us. I see three writers. I don't think any of them could write for the cast that they got for this show. But I'll give you the names of the cast and you can be the judge on your own. Because you know what they say, you're only as good as the people you work with and the people you work for. So we have Ellen Cleghorn playing Ellen Carlson, single mother who runs a struggling television commercial production company. Her parents, Sydney and Lena Carlson, were played by fellow SNL vet Garrett Morris, fresh off his run as Stan in Martin, and 227 co-star Elena Reed Hall, fresh off her run on that show. Sydney was the wise and wisecracking dad, 
a U.S. post office letter carrier and part-time building doorman who is basically playing the Garrett Morris character, if you know who I'm talking about. And Lena was a part-time school teacher and an overly devout mom who regretted having, and now I'm quoting, a daughter who won't consummate but will get married and a daughter who will consummate but did not marry. Ellen's business partner, Brad, who seems to be making all of the business decisions while Ellen is in charge of creative, is played by Steve Bean, who is no longer with us, but he was in a whole lot of future entries, let's just say. Greg, he was in an episode of Quantum Leap in 1989. Okay, so it's first season or early second season. What is it? That would be... Good morning, Peoria, September 9th, 1959. Oh, I think Patricia Richardson is in this episode. I remember her. Yeah, of course. Tim's wife on Home Improvement. Again, sadly, no longer with us. He died in 2019. Ellen's daughter, Akila Carlson, who takes after her grandfather, is played by Sarita Monet Bickelman former child actor who is not doing much child acting nowadays. Her ex-husband, Terrell Livingston, is played by Michael Ralph, who is best known as Cheryl Lee Ralph's brother. He is also a voice actor. He was in Amazing Spider-Man 2, the video game. And rounding out the cast as Victoria Carlson, Ellen's dim-witted, lazy sister who will not move out and who aspires to be a model. Y'all know this girl. Sherry Shepard. So much talent. And Ellen Cleghorn is surrounded by it after four years of being surrounded by uh, Saturday Night Live. You would think that this would be a harbinger of really good things to come. But it had the unfortunate distinction of being a TV show on the WB in 1995. We'll get to that momentarily, but first, let's talk episodes. We start, as we always do, with the pilot titled Genesis. Ellen starts a TV commercial production company and gets new neighbors, her overbearing parents and ditzy sister. Episode 2, Sister of the Bride. When Ellen rejects Terrell's marriage proposal, because Terrell is a Jamaican national who's trying to stay in America, Victoria offers to be his bride to avert his impending deportation. However, Ellen objects to that union as well. Episode 3, my daughter attends the French School of New York, and yours doesn't. Ellen's hours of volunteer work at a private school pay off when Akila is accepted, but her efforts may have been in vain as her daughter wants to go back to public school. In this episode, we do have one well-known person. This person played Madame Barreau, who I'm guessing is 
the person who runs the school. I don't want to call it a principal. Played by Liz Sheridan. This is Akmonic on Elf. Look, you can have Elf. I'll have her for Seinfeld. Thank you very much. That works just as well, too. You're more than welcome. Episode four. All grown up and no place to go. Ellen volunteers at Akila's school dance to keep an eye on her after finding her in a compromising position with her date. Liz Sheridan as Madame Burrow makes another appearance, but playing her date, George, Maurice Woods. He was a that kid from that thing. Ranging from Lois and Clark to Wag the Dog in 1997, where he played Kid with Shoes. Episode 5, Adventures in Babysitting. Ellen offers her parents a job babysitting Akila to keep them from moving back to the projects after Sydney's overtime pay is cut. Now, we do have a name in this episode, playing a guy by the name of Daryl, William G. Schilling. He of the original head of the class. And we talked about him in a bunch of episodes. He's making a Hall of Fame case. Episode 6, The Parent Trap. Ellen teaches Terrell a lesson in responsibility, and Victoria decides she wants a baby, but adopts a dog instead. Hilarity ensues in 1995, but now in 2024, that would just be, you know, normal. Bringing it back to Quantum Leap, though, we do have Davida Williams in an unknown character's name, but she was in a 2023 episode, The Friendly Skies, if you remember that, Greg. Is that the uh, UFO episode? I want to say it is. It's from season one, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's definitely a UFO episode, I believe. Episode seven. Twenty-nine something. Ellen learns she is a year older than she thought. So I'm guessing she always learned that she was 29, only to find out that she's 30. Episode 8, Losing Faith. Lena decides to cast aside her religious beliefs, of which there are many, and kick up her heels for a while after discovering the Reverend that Ellen set her up with is married. Episode 9 Home Alone With her parents out of town, Victoria feels neglected and clings to Ellen, who urges her to enjoy her independence. The advice backfires when Victoria throws a wild party that ends with a burglary. Playing one of the partygoers, a man by the name of Billy Bob, F. William Parker, who was a sergeant in Revenge of the Nerds, the father of the bride in The Wedding Planner, and a reverend in House. Episode 10, Girlfriends, with a Z. Ellen cancels a meeting to tend to a friend who has left her husband but winds up in a sticky situation when she runs into her client, 
at a restaurant playing Julia, Beverly Leach, Kate Monday from MathNet. Oh. Episode 11, This Magic Moment. Ellen tries to have a night alone with her boyfriend, but the family can't stay away because a fire forces Ellen's parents to move into her apartment, which is right across the hallway. Playing a guy by the name of Carlson is Richard Cummings Jr., who was in 11 episodes of 30-something, 12 episodes of Northern Exposure, and the entire run of Throb with Diana Canova and a young Paul Walker. Oh, God. Can't wait till we get to that. Any excuse to play the nylons, I am here for. And the last aired episode, Brother from Another Planet. Ellen's therapist brother Rob comes home for Sydney and Lena's 35th anniversary party, but his overanalysis of his parents' relationship causes Sydney to move out. There are actually three more episodes that were written but never aired. That would be Akila doesn't live here anymore. Ellen and Jeff take a ski trip with Akila and Jeff's son George, who are not getting along. By the way, Jeff is played by Dorian Wilson, who is a man Ellen dates, who is the father of George and a student at the private school. By the way, Dorian Wilson, best known as Professor Stanley Ogilvie from the Parkers, and Terrence Winningham in Sister Sister, and Eddie Charles in Dream On. So three regular roles. Money for nothing and your chicken for free. Terrell opens a restaurant. I wonder what type of restaurant. Hmm. But I do like the episode title. Makes a reference to Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. I love that. Money for nothing and your chicks for free. I want my, I want my, I want my MTV. And the final episode that didn't air, Sydney's Choice. Sydney enlists the family to help him win a bowling tournament. And that's the show. I mean, nine out of every ten shows we cover on this podcast were so bad they're memorable. Short-lived, but memorable. Or in the case of Frank's Place that we covered on Monday, canceled way before its time. This is a show that simply existed between a vehicle for Kirk Cameron, a vehicle for Harlan Williams, and a vehicle for Jackie Guerra on the WB Sunday nights. It aired, it died, and it was forgotten. Almost in the same breath. There's probably a reason Stewie Griffin didn't figure this out, that it already existed. And of course, the schedule did not help matters at all, because the lead-in was the equally new and stilted sitcom Simon, with Harlan Williams as a simpleton and Jason Bateman as his put-upon brother. That's another entry for another time. And its lead-out was first time out with Jackie Guerra and Leah Remini 
that's another entry for another time. Hey, you don't need an excuse for me to talk about Leia Remini. Unless you're a member of a certain cult, which is all I can say. Which, yeah, Yankees thumbs down guy to that. But yeah, it was on Sundays at 9 to start with. Which is a challenging time slot for any show. Because guess what else is on Sundays at 9 in 1995? Married with Children? That's one. Murder, She Wrote? No, that's earlier. It's 95-96, right? Correct. I wouldn't even know what's on CBS. Is Diagnosis Murder on at this point? No. But we have movie on ABC and a movie on CBS. Oh, that explains it. And a movie on NBC. So this was the era when they still had Sunday night movies. Right. But then you go into October where CBS replaces the movies with two more future entries, Central Park West and New York News. Oh, Central Park West. In whatever show will you get Bad Shin Amik, John Barrowman, and Meryl Hemingway on the same show, and Lauren Hutton. And it didn't last but one season? That's unfair. You have Shelley Briggs and Captain Jack Harkness in the same show. How did this not succeed? And then you have New York News, which, if I'm not mistaken, was another vehicle for Mary Tyler Moore and Melina Kanakarides and Madeline Kahn. She was on this before Mr. Black. So that's something we're going to have to pencil in shortly. But, oh, yeah, ABC was also running the playoffs. The Major League Baseball playoffs, which we covered back in the Baseball Network. So when they weren't running movies, they were running baseball. Admittedly, that was a good World Series, even though my team was on the wrong end. Hey, you got to go to the series for the first time in 41 years. Right, but also we ran up against... Probably the three best pitchers of the 90s. The best rotation of the 90s, for sure. And they couldn't win Jack before, and they couldn't win Jack after. By this time, mid-October, the WB needed to do some rearranging. So, whether they started the season with Pinky in the Brain, followed by Kirk, Sister Sister, Simon... Cleghorn, and then first time out, they redid the schedule. Wait, what's first time out? It was basically, and now I'm quoting an article, the Latina living single. Oh. Why do we need another version of living single? Yeah, I'm happy with the one we have right now. Yeah, you have Queen Latifah. That's good enough. So they did the reshuffling. They put Pinky in the Brain and Kirk in the 7 p.m. hour. Nothing changed there. Sister Sister continued to be the star of the WB Sunday Night lineup. Clegghorn led out from that and improved, but there was no saving first time out or Simon. And apparently 
after the December episode, there was no saving Clegghorn either. The ratings just weren't there. And like I said, it aired, it got canceled, and it was forgotten almost in the same breath. This was a really good environment to flourish on. I mean, demand for urban content on the network level has never been higher. And the Wayans brothers and the parenthood were really doing well for the WB. If they were to maybe put Cleghorn on with those two, I think it would have stood a chance. But if you were to ask Ellen about it herself, which somebody did, she would have said, I don't think I was ready in terms of being strong and saying, I can write, this is what I do. Because remember, she comes from SNL. If you have SNL chops, you can write and you can perform. If you're out of the SNL, you need to make that known because all of a sudden you are surrounded by people who think they can write for you. And Ellen was here saying, I wasn't strong enough. I could have said, I can write. This is what I do and feel confident in that. And to be able to say, no, this does not work. This works better. Now, there are some episodes on YouTube. If you do a little poking around, you'll be able to find them. And the thing of it is, this was a very well-acted show. I don't think it was well-written, but it was a very well-acted show. I mean, you could put actor A, B, or C in the role, and you'd probably get the exact same show. Slate called this show part of a chapter in television history, a rare moment when black audience demographics were taken seriously by networks and advertisers. Aside from the 1970s, this period featured one of the highest concentrations of black scripted programming ever. And the thing of it is, she was surrounded by the talent to make it work. I mean, who was her father? Garrett Morris, the first African-American on Saturday Night Live ever. And it has a bit of history because that would be the first time two SNL cast members of color worked together on a show post-Studio 8H. The show could have worked, but Ellen, with her name on it, needed to voice her opinion on the material. Because like I said, this came off as you could put anybody in those roles and you would have the exact same show. This was just a speed bump on the road of life because after the show was cancelled, Ellen went back to school. She earned her PhD in performance studies from NYU. She teaches, writes, auditions and also podcasts with her daughter. So she is still very much active in the comedy that got her to where she is today. And if you remember, like I do, she was on a season of Works, Cooks in America. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Ellen Cleghorn's Cleghorn was aired, it was canceled, and it was forgotten in the same breath. 
She thought she was going to be the next big thing on the WB schedule. Unfortunately, she was just a thing on TV. Guys, you know what we haven't done in a very long time? What is that, Mike? eBay Price is Right. Hit that music. Oh, it's been a long-ass time since we've done this. Gentlemen, I have a very simple item here. All this is, is a 3x5 index card signed by Ellen Cleghorn. I want the buy it now price. It is not sold on eBay. I would like the buy it now price of just a regular autographed 3x5 index card, not lined, that is autographed by Ellen Cleghorn. And I'm going to start with Greg. Five bucks. Chico? One dollar. Maybe this is the reason we haven't played this in some time. Well, this <laughs> this is really out there. Buy it now, not even joking. $149.99. What? I love Ellen Cleghorn. I really do. But I'm not like Greg here. I, I don't hate money. Like I said, five bucks. That's the most I'll pay. I legitimately agree with Greg. Five bucks, maybe a little bit more because she was an SNL alum, but $149.99. Now we can put this little nugget away for a later date. Probably not play Prices Right again for probably at this rate, probably till October. Now, hold on, guys. I'm bringing back something we haven't talked about in a while. It's time to go to ChatGPT because I asked ChatGPT to write a sea shanty about Ellen Cleghorn. In the heart of the sea, there sails a tale of the comedian pole with wit to regale. Ellen Cleghorn with laughter she'd steer through storms of comedy without fear. Oh, Ellen Cleghorn with jokes so fine. She'd light up the stage like that bright sunshine. From SNL to the comedy scene. She's the captain of laughter, the true comedy queen. With humor as vast as the ocean's expanse, she'd navigate punchlines with effortless stance. From characters quirky to impressions so true, Ellen Clayton's laughter could sail us through. Repeat chorus. Through the waves of humor, she'd boldly ride. With each joke and jest, she'd fill us with pride. From the shores of laughter to the depths of cheer, Ellen Cleghorn's comedy, it's crystal clear. Repeat chorus. So let's raise a toast to this comedian grand, whose laughter and humor are like waves on the sand. Ellen Cleghorn in the comedy scene, forever remembered in laughter's decree. Anybody else get a vibe from Greg of the pirate from the opening of SpongeBob SquarePants? Right here. Are you ready, kids? I am the captain. I can't hear you. I am captain. Seriously, when Greg was saying that, that totally went through my mind. Greg is now channeling the captain from the beginning of SpongeBob SquarePants. Amazing. Tom Kenny would be so proud of you, Greg. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. But remember, you can always go to our website over. It was a thing on TV. We can listen to the 453 episodes that precede this one. 
And we've got all sorts of great bonuses there, including mini-sodes, live shows, extended versions, previous episodes. The whole works. Hey, we just released on the website Super Bowl Sunday the extended edition of the Bud Ball episode. Nice. That was pretty fun. And also remember, we are on all social media, including Instagram, Threads, and Mastodon over It Was a Thing on TV, except Facebook, where we are It Was a Thing on TV podcast. And remember, if you want to follow us on Mastodon, switch for us at It Was a Thing on TV at TVWatch.40. And remember, we also have the Friday on the bus cuts of our episodes over at Voice of Nation Pop. And remember to subscribe to the podcast where you find podcasts to be streamed, either at Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeart, Audible, etc. And don't forget we are on YouTube where you can like and subscribe to the channel. And don't forget to hit the notification bell on YouTube to be informed of all future uploads on the channel, including what's coming up on the podcast next time. Well, guys, what happens when we give a vehicle to a beloved Broadway star, but it has the misfortune of airing the same day as a tragic news story? Although, as I'm going to point out in the episode, I don't think the tragic news story was the problem in this show's fate. But we'll get to that when we talk about it next week. But our second episode, well, I don't know what it's about, but baby, this person's back. I know what it's about. You run off and you are declared legally dead all of a sudden as your ex is getting ready to remarry some jerk. Baby, I'm back. And you know what the wife's reaction's gonna be? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wait, is this the latest in an episode we've had Susan come out? Might be? I don't think we've ever had her after the plug for the website and the socials. We're groundbreaking this episode. So we have those two episodes coming at you as our salute to great black stories of the past continues right here on it was a thing on tv for greg for mike i'm chico thank you ever so much for listening please be kind to one another and we will see you for the next one wow god i have so many questions about the future is all food in pill form do they have flying cars did they ever find a successful vehicle for ellen cleghorn i can't answer those questions i'm not even supposed to be talking to you and-